0: You Disciple podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus.
1: Sister Mary Helen, it's good to see you again.
2: You too, Father Nicholas.
1: And we're joined by Brendan.
3: Hello, Father, Sister. It's It's good to be back.
2: (laughs) Welcome back.
1: Have so you been on this podcast?
3: I have, with my wife.
2: Yes, you weren't there. Oh, we
3: talked waiting. about dating.
2: Oh, it was wildly popular, by the way. Oh, really?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And now you're married? Yeah. So not dating anymore?
3: Not anymore. And they dated
2: for marriage. It worked.
3: It did. And we got a baby on the way. Very, Yay. very soon. Next. Oh, my goodness. It's this month, actually. Oh, <laughs> it's so, this
1: month. so if yeah. the f- if the phone goes off during the podcast and you run out of the room, we know why. Yep.
3: So That's it.
1: But you and I started our podcast career together.
3: Yeah, it we seems did. Seems
1: like a long time ago.
3: Oh, it was four hours before you were going to do the podcast. <laughs> like, Brendan, do you want to do a podcast like live during COVID? Yeah,
1: live from either sides of the city.
3: It was so funny. You're really good at podcasting now, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to what we were like back then. I w- you got to watch the first one. We were we were pretty shocking, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's still, I think, it's still there somewhere, isn't it?
2: Didn't you do video as well?
1: Yeah,
3: it was live. It
1: was.
2: Cameras. It was
3: live,
1: but
2: cameras.
3: Yeah, there was no pausing. You couldn't go back. So if you haven't, you if you haven't listened,
1: <laughs> I think I
2: was <laughs> on that don't. as a guest. Was that was that yeah. the same thing? Sunday
3: well, night live from Melbourne. That was
2: it. Yeah, we, you brought us on. We just laughed yeah. for an hour. Yeah, the
3: Dominican sisters. It was fun.
1: when we first went into lockdown. None of us knew how long this thing was going to go on for. Mm. But there was lots of young people in Melbourne who wanted to do something, so we decided to. Do a live sort of conversation, chat hour, uh, and record it.
3: That's it. It was Sunday Night Live from Melbourne, Buckler and Shield. And look, here we got the here we are. podcast.
1: Buckler and Shield lasted about three episodes. Oh, no, it was like ten.
3: Oh. You did it right. Anyhow. And
1: now we're back together again. Yeah,
3: and I'm very excited about what we're talking about today. I've got no idea what <laughs> we're talking about today. <laughs> Artificial <laughs> intelligence. <sighs> It's such a loaded word, even just it from is. there. But I, uh, out of curiosity, Father, like what's been your experience of it so far? You said <laughs> just, none, but it started on. today.
1: About three minutes ago, I <laughs> <laughs> I put into chat GPT I, G T G whatever it is. <laughs> the genie. What is the morality of using chatbot AI like chat GPT as a Catholic? And I got my content. The <laughs> podcast,
3: yeah, there we go.
2: But this is truly your voice, and you're really actually yeah. I am not a machine. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I know. We have to authenticate. This is my name is Brendan.
1: So, but when uh, like we're talking Google Home, or are we going further than that? No.
3: Well, no. That was kind of like the baby version <laughs> of this technology. Now we're talking Chat GPT. So you've seen what it outputted there, which was not actually that bad. And anyone who's actually used it, which if a lot of university students out there, I'm sure either you've used it. Or you've heard about your friend who got a really good mark.
2: And then you're <laughs> scandalised.
1: <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to
3: unpack that, yeah.
0: You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go, I, who knows where this is going to go today.
3: It's cool little intro music in between. Yeah, it's I new. know. It's anyway.
1: I didn't insist didn't to do that on your last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. about it.
2: Yeah, you were engaged in the topic.
1: Okay, why are we talking about this? Because
3: I, think
2: I wanted to talk <laughs> about
3: it. <laughs> I think it's going to impact our culture in a really big way. And I think it already is. So there's a very good
0: uh, what's it called? <laughs>
3: documentary called The AI Dilemma which is by the same people that did The Social Dilemma. Have you seen that one?
1: I have. And that, like, that really affected me. Mm. So maybe I need to watch that. Mm. Did you send that before we did this podcast? Yes, about <laughs> last week.
3: <laughs> but let me, uh, But in a nutshell, they basically say that social media was like our first contact with AI because social media is like this really powerful computer that's pointed at your brain through your social media feeds to present you with a task, which is to get you to engage for as long as possible on that platform. What we're dealing with now is what they argue is the next step, the next uh, interaction with artificial intelligence.
1: Right.
2: Which is instead of going to capture your attention, was to capture your affection in a way, right?
3: Yeah, for you to get to trust this chatbot essentially with providing you with information or to do a task for you mm. um and so now we kind of see this race of different artificial company artificial intelligence companies mm. racing for you to use their technology mm. to find out the morality of using <laughs> chatbots <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I was sitting around so i've been thinking about this for a a good long while. Actually, I was in I was back in the mother house in Nashville in January talking about this and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. But I said, "You know what? I think we need to really understand this pretty well because I think it's going to have a big impact one way or the other." And I became really convinced that well, this is going to be a, a moment of evangelization because the confusion that people could experience over well, it sounds like a human. It's arguing like a human. It's conversing with me like a human. What's the difference? Mm. I thought, well, great moment to, to really examine what is the difference? Like what is unique? What is the dignity of the human person that will never be replaced Mm. by AI? And then the other part of, well, what are the, what's probably the major danger that (laughs) the major danger that I would see is, is this um, replacement of, you know, uh, or a comment that, um, I can't remember his name now. He was on a podcast, try and find his name. Anyway, he had said this offhand comment, oh, yeah, I think in five years everyone's best friend would be AI. And I thought, oh, no, 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 please no. (laughs) That would not be very good. So then that whole other thing of how do we, it's it's also a great moment to look at what is real friendship and, and why do we need friends and, you know, let's go there.
0: Okay,
1: so you're blowing my mind a little bit already. Okay. So we're not just talking about using AI to help write an essay or to cram for an exam. We're talking about it actually replacing relationships.
2: It can. It, it could it, seek to do that. Like, it, there, there's like if you go to Japan, they've been working on this for decades. Um, in, in specific things like, for example, healthcare. Um, they have a, a, a population situation where there's a, a rising aging population, and there's a concern: how do we serve people in aged care? How do we have enough people to serve them? So they've been working with all these different kind of robot, yeah, you know, bots to try and help. And they're fine, um, but yeah, like how how comfortable are you with the bot? How, how replaceable is a human for caring? another person uh, can we get to that level and so far really they haven't but they're trying
3: Mm. (laughs) there's huge ethical questions that come involved that we probably need some very very sound-minded philosophers and whatnot to kind of navigate how we should be using this technology but there's certain things that we can look at right now and go Okay, no, that probably, <laughs> that probably shouldn't happen. However, my argument is that it already is happening. Mm-hmm. How many of us have a better relationship and are more in contact with our social media feeds than we are with someone who we would claim to be our best friend? Mm. We're more in contact with, um, yeah, I mean, cause naturally because our phones are there all of the time. So we've already kind of formed these, quote, relationships with technology.
1: We've been talking about this a little bit in the office in the last couple of weeks because we're obviously preparing to go to World Youth Day, which Mm -hmm. is a really intense, and you've been to World Youth Day, Brendan. Sister, you've been. A really intense human experience as well as a spiritual experience. But we're actually really worried because it's the first time that pilgrims will have access to data, like en masse at a World Youth Day. Like people have had phones for a little while, but generally at least the last few World Youth Days I've been on, roaming and access to international data has been quite limited. Mm. So maybe when you get Wi-Fi, but generally out and about at World Youth Day. And a big part of those experiences is sitting on the grass, waiting for the Pope to arrive and just having human conversations Mm -hmm. or sitting in airport sort of lounges, waiting for your plane and chatting with a chaplain. And where they're going, we're really worried that pilgrims will... Be sitting there checking their social media. And mm-hmm. that those digital relationships and those ties that bind will be more important than the, the human ones that could happen on pilgrimage.
2: Yeah, it's a good good thought. It's a panic. Panic. Then we're panic. Panic. <laughs> panic at the disk. But we're thinking about <laughs> it. Yeah.
3: It's because it's easier. It's easier to do that. It's easier for us to pull out our phones and to scroll the feeds to fill in that awkward amount of time than it is to reach out to reach out to someone or you know <laughs> actually pray to God and the impact of, you know, of this technology on our spiritual lives is, is incredible. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's helpful seeing AI in my opinion, not as this kind of whole new radical technology, but really as just sort of the next, the next step in Mm -hmm. what our society is already dealing with, what our culture is already dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we haven't already, if we haven't dealt with social media well now, we're going to struggle even more with artificial intelligence or, or chat gpt mm.
1: so what does it look like for a university student like how okay we're not living in a well maybe people are living in a world where there's a bot in our home that we're <laughs> like what how are most people sort of engaging with it on a daily basis
2: well i think what's interesting when i've been sort of reading up on it what i find really interesting is that now they're these language model based AI, right? The, the generative um, AI that it really feels like a conversation. Like you can have a conversation with this thing and say, can you do this? And it will answer you in language that seems even emotionally present to you. Like, oh, I'm sorry I did that. Or yes, of course I can do that. And it's it, – it's conversing with you and if you challenge it and say i was playing with it yesterday i was saying you you, you shouldn't be using the pronoun i like you, you don't you don't exist <laughs> and it would it would say yes it's true i don't exist or <laughs> and it'll it'll have these things I, I don't i'm just using that word i, I it's a placeholder to make it feel like a conversation So you could get really trapped into, I mean, imagine how much time you spend where you feel like you're having a conversation with an intelligent thing.
1: Especially if you are already lonely or isolated or, um, yeah, challenged in those sort of human relationships that if if you're finding those hard to engage with in in the real world, it could be a real trap.
2: Yeah, it could be. Time up for sure.
3: All of us were going through life facing challenges and how many of us as our first step, first point of call, we Google the challenge that we're facing. We Google the problem that we're having. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, that would have been a conversation that we would have had with our parish priest. It would have had a conversation that we would have had with our friends. Mm -hmm. And ChatGPT is a more powerful version of that is because before you'd you'd have a question that Google could not handle. Like it's not going to be able to present you with some complex thing that can contextualize an answer to your life, but... ChatGPT has got that capacity. Mm -hmm. You can ask it and describe a problem that you're having in quite detailed ways and it can source information from across the internet Mm -hmm. and provide you with a very targeted answer for you.
1: So so how does it work? (laughs) 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 So uh, quite seriously, uh, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, we put in, I put in, admitting, don't know much about it, the morality of using a chatbot as a Catholic and important things to reflect on and it came up with three pretty substantial points what were they one human dignity and authentic relationships two discernment of wisdom three ethical use of technology like (laughs) it it is clear to me that it is more detailed than what google would have given me if i had to put the same thing in google Mm -hmm. is it just mining google and those other things is that how it works?
3: Currently ChatGPT is spending a hundred thousand dollars per day on the computing technology to output all of these answers See, to people now
1: you've just made me feel bad about it. Why? Well what what else could we be using that money on?
2: Oh yeah.
3: I guess that's a question for another time. But it's spending <laughs> or this or amount a of money put so back
0: How else right? could what we should use we use your budget? Yeah, that's it.
3: So that's a, that's the amount of computing power that's going into processing mm. And then it's, a, uh, it's hard to simplify this technology, but it's called machine learning, which is essentially giving it access to this incredible amount of data, which it's then processing, tagging, pattern, using pattern recognition. And then when it's given a prompt, it uses probability to tell you, to kind of guess what the next word should be. So this, this chat GPT doesn't actually know what it's outputting. It's just learned over time that this particular kind of output is what a human wants out of it. So it's a, co- a combination of pattern recognition along with humans kind of saying, yep, that's a good answer or no, you've completely missed the mark.
1: Okay, so it's obviously good at its job, good at what it's meant to do. What are the benefits?
2: Benefits. <laughs> <laughs> there are some. I, I've, I mean, I'm... A, I mean education, right? So that's kind of my area, and I. So this is this is a conversation everywhere. Is this good for education? Is this bad for education? I was trying to. I was playing with it yesterday for the first time, just making it do a job that father asked me to do. (laughs) I said, "Let's see if it can do it for me," because I didn't really want to do it. Sorry, father. Um, (laughs) This is a benefit or a problem? (laughs) Well, okay, I'll tell you why we're getting to a benefit because. For someone who has already learned all the information that, that actually ha- knows all of this stuff, if you ask me to do something that's just collating information that I already know, I'm not, it's not to learn anything new, you just want to put together in a logical order, persuasively, with good grammar, bam, it took three minutes. Now I could then, with the knowledge I already have, edit and I done. That actually just saved me a lot of time and it didn't replace my learning. But if you were a student and you just got an exam prompt and you just sent it through Chat and it produced a great essay, none of that is yours. So you haven't actually learned anything. And our intellect, you know, what are we? We're made in the image and likeness of God and we're we able to know and to love. You don't want to replace that. I mean it, you become one with what you know, so it has a danger on the other end of. It thinks for like you know, it. It is thinking for you. You're not actually learning.
1: So I use something called Grammarly. Because oh, yeah. I'm a really bad speller.
3: Mm, I've noticed the improvement actually. Really? No, but go oh.
2: on. <sighs>
1: I forgot what this was like. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that it does do for you is it makes you, like it It makes the suggestions yeah, and it then makes you approve the suggestions. Yeah. Um, so you're engaged. In you AI. are engaged. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that I have changed some of my writing style there you go. because I've had to be engaged with my own self-correction. So that's where I think technology can be helpful.
2: Well, I think that actually is AI generated, Grammarly.
1: Yeah and it it <laughs> makes it's a suggestions model. yeah but i i still had to create in the first place yeah, yeah. and there's something like god is a creator like mm-hmm. we w- when we create things from nothing we mm-hmm. share in sort of god's act of creation mm-hmm. and so i just i wonder about the morality of completely sort of becoming uncreative mm if we're just going to outsource all of those parts of our our work that require us to cre- create from nothing.
2: Yeah. So, for example, Father, like AI can't replace you. It can write a very good homily for you, which could be a real trap, you know. Like imagine, Father, all your homilies could be done. <laughs> Trinity Sunday, it's a bit tricky. <laughs> Please write me a non-heretical homily for a Trinity Sunday. Boom. But would it move any hearts, you know? Like will it, it – we want to be in the line of grace like this we're in life we're in a life to be transformed by grace and that's the only thing that counts um and so there's no grace here
3: in the example of a homily it goes beyond just the words that are spoken it's it is actually something that we would believe comes through god through the priesthood which is beautiful <laughs> like i haven't got the word um <laughs> that, that can't be replaced by by technology and and that's part of the problem with this of something like chat GPT, is you actually don't know what's going into it yeah you don't know where it's pulling its, its big pattern recognition the data that it's pulling from do you actually do, we don't know they won't tell you what the sources are if you ask chat gpt hey can you give me the sources for the information you just gave me mm-hmm. it won't give it to you it's
2: Sometimes it does. And sometimes it will actually admit it just made it up. Oh, like I was talking to someone the other Good. day and she was saying, she was getting, trying to get quotes from some saint and she asked, chat, chat GPT, <laughs> and there were these beautiful quotes and then she kept pushing it. And it, in the end it admitted, I, it just made them up. <laughs> I just followed the
3: pattern. So we and can't, and yeah, and that's, I think it, it comes down to how do we use this technology? Because if you've got a kid using a calculator, yeah. in order to do basic mathematics, but yeah. they don't know how to do five plus five by themselves. You can say, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah. And I think it would go back to what Sister's saying is that if you're, if you're capable of, of doing the, the, the process that this technology allows you to do, I think that you can be safe in, in what you're using. Um, but if you've got absolutely no idea, then I think you're entering into outsourcing your own mind and you're outsourcing who you are into a machine.
1: I think the other danger is and we I think Brendan you and I have spoken about this in the past about something like social media it has so fundamentally changed how we communicate with each other mm. and how we form healthy human relationships and yet they could turn off something like Twitter or Facebook or what's the other one Instagram tomorrow mm. and a whole generation of young people will not have learned how to relate with each other yeah. Without that tool, yeah. So we, a whole culture has now grown up around using it, and so that's where I worry about this. Is like mm. we become so reliant on it. Uh, yeah. Like, and I have to admit this about my GPS in my car, like. Sometimes,
2: yeah, if it all turned off, yeah. where would you yeah. be? Yeah, well, I've always wondered, you know, like a little bit criminal minds. Like, imagine if you could redirect everyone, you send everyone over this direction, and yeah. they're all going that way, and then actually, there's something horrible over there.
1: I, <laughs> I've ended up on back roads in the back of sort of <laughs> hill country because it's just like put in a destination on, and like I took a hire car once on a road that <laughs> I don't think the hire car should have been on because I just put it in the GPS and just trusted it. And yeah. I just worry that this becomes yeah. so the norm. We're
2: not thinking, yeah. So if you think of, well, I think we were praying to Saint Michael before this, but if you think about just the reality of um, the abuse of this that could that could be there, you know, it's real. You've, you've got to you got to think about where is our attention. Um, if you wanted, to, if you wanted, okay, so to be holy, we are needing to be in a conversation with God. And you know, St. Paul says pray without ceasing. It means our, our ongoing conversation, our interior conversation um, is with God. And, and the conversion is shifting our attention more and more to him. Well, this is, could potentially steal your attention. You think about social media. In, in your external senses, your internal senses, how much of that has been taken up? The space that w- could be for God or for others has been taken up by useless information. Um, it's a big distraction from the from the goal.
1: So, short of uh, locking ourselves yeah. in a cave <laughs> away from all technology, yep. how do we engage with it ethically? How do we engage with it in a as as Catholics, as people of faith? We can't avoid technology we can't avoid like okay so me thinking grammarly was this greatest thing now and (laughs) now i realize i'm engaging with it like how do we do it any tips brendan
3: i would imagine it comes down to it's person by person because it depends on how you're interacting with this technology and how much of a a temptation one way or another it is Mm. and it's very important that our priorities are set straight because then you can ask the simple question is this genuinely serving my highest priority like is this bringing me closer to God and if the answer is no then it's a very easy it's like okay well we stop we don't use it if you're a university student you have to ask yourself you have to ask yourself the question why am I studying this degree mm. am I studying this degree for the piece of paper or am I studying this degree because I want to know this knowledge so that I can actually serve the world yeah because if the answer answer's it, and the the way that you answer that question is incredibly important because I think if it is just the piece of paper, I, okay, well, that would make sense as to why you would probably just chat GPT. Yeah, please don't essay.
2: be my doctor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or,
1: my, or my homilist on a Sunday. But I think, and we were talking, Sister, a couple of weeks back with Silvana about um, obedience mm-hmm. to our state in life. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are avoiding those parts of the our our state in life that it call on us to do the hard thing like when our um our boss says can (laughs) can you write write this document for me no but like uh, yeah state in life demands of us small small things as well as big things yeah and yeah, we can't avoid the hard things mm-hmm. or the challenging things. The dignity of work. Yeah, we can't outsource mm-hmm. those little things Yeah, if we're striving to be obedient to what it is God's calling us to right now.
2: That's right. Yeah, and if you do your study, um, if you say, okay, right now my vocation, like my God's will for me right now is to study, well then every act, every free act that I make um, toward that is is full of grace, is is forming me, is is worthy of, like, is an act of worship. Um, so uh, do you want to miss that? Do you want to outsource that? <laughs> you can't really. The other thing doesn't glorify God.
1: And I think, I don't know, making a big statement here <laughs> in the last five minutes. <laughs> like if you're finding yourself at a point in life where you're outsourcing most of the things that you're supposed to be doing mm. because there's no joy in them, that's probably a good marker of the Holy Spirit that you might not be where you're supposed to be like if yeah. if everything if, if there's if you can't find that interior sort of desire to do what it is in that is in front of you then it might be time to really sort of go well am i do am i where I'm supposed to be yeah um
2: oh, now i I don't want to demonize ai in a a certain way like i think it could be really a great tool and it's going to be present anyway so there's that i just think on the other hand we have to also be aware okay just the same with social media or anything else out there um let's make sure that we we also maybe more intentionally um do the thing that's really humanizing you know get outside um be in real contact with real people. Create things. Care for people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like those sorts of things that we are, we might need to actually really put the time for that because that takes a an effort. It's not just so in front of us the way that this
1: is. In the answers that Chat G-T-P- <laughs> GPT gave me, it says maintain a critical mindset recognizing that ai systems may not possess moral agency
2: may not yeah so oh it's, it's
1: giving <laughs>
2: they about they may yeah. no, no no they don't <laughs>
1: With, with it, it's giving itself its own way out yep. but i think that's the reality is they do not contain moral agency there's no soul mm-hmm. there's no ability to discern mm-hmm. right from wrong mm-hmm. uh and so even if you are finding yourself engaging with it, you can't completely disengage from the the morality of whatever it gives back to you.
2: Yeah, we actually need to be more intelligent and better formed so that we can be critical and we can judge because how do you trust that what it said is true? So you need to actually be well, much more formed in intellectually and much more able to love.
0: This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to youdisciple.melbournecatholic.org. I don't know
1: if I'm any clearer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said.
1: I'm a bit confused. Oh. I don't know if I'm any clearer. Okay. Uh,
2: Maybe this is the beginning of your journey. Yeah, Understanding. Oh right,
3: that. yeah, absolutely. This is this is the first step, father. I'm Don't probably worry. a bit worried. Nah, no,
2: really. Well, there's there's significant risks. I think there's <laughs> a,
3: the more powerful the more the technology, the more we got to be worried. So I think it's good to be worried if that encourages us to think more deeply about it and to use it better. Great. I just
2: always lean onto hope. Yeah, that's it. That's it. God is in God is actually in control. So if
1: you can't find a reason to hope. You don't believe in the resurrection? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that from ChatGPT? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Brendan, it's been good to see you. Good to see you, we Father. We should get you back in on a less obscure topic at some point.
3: That's it, with a baby and mine. Yeah, oh. can, we do, can we
1: do sort of um, first five weeks of fatherhood? When of, he hasn't
2: been sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's we'll right. Ca- we'll come
1: out at 3 a.m. and do a
3: <laughs> post. That's right. I'll synthesise my voice with ChatGPT and just <laughs> send off. Send off stuff. <laughs>
1: Um, Well, lots of great things going on Mm. around Melbourne, uh, but also everyone's knuckling down to do some study, and getting ready for exams. uh, GP2
2: house is full.
1: Students everywhere. So keeping you all in our prayers and hoping you stay off chat GP.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One day you'll get the end.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, great, great to have you with us, Brendan. Sister Mary Helen.
2: Yep. Adios.
1: Speak next time. God bless.
0: Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. the podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.